Advent is in preparation for the second coming. Advent is in preparation for the second coming. That's an important tidbit to uh, remember for the sake of this homily. Because we're continuing our series on the Eucharist during Advent. Last week we talked about the Eucharist as sacrifice and meal. This week we'll talk about the Eucharistic presence. And normally when we talk about the Eucharistic presence, we talk about what that is, transubstantiation. But the first question that comes into our mind is often, how does it happen? How is it that bread and wine changes into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? But I think that it's curious because with every other question of the faith, we ask, uh, why? Why it happens? For instance, very few people ask how God becomes incarnate in the person of Jesus Christ. How God becomes man. But very many wonder why God becomes man. In other words, almost all Christians acknowledge that Jesus is God. But very few ask how exactly it happens but wonder, but instead ponder why God would become man. And so in this homily, I'm going to talk about why God would make himself present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, under the appearances of bread and wine, in what we call the Eucharist, or Holy Communion. The first reason is what we talked about last time with the sacrifice of Christ, and bridging this infinite gap. Why God would become, make his flesh present. As we know, in the Old Testament, whenever Adam and Eve sin, whenever man sins against God in full knowledge and clarity of the vision of seeing God, that in offending an infinite good, an infinite gap was created. An infinite gap was created that none of the other sacrifices throughout the Old Testament could bridge. While the Old Testament sacrifices were in reparation for sin, none of those figures of the Old Testament who died in a just way were able to enter into the immediate presence of God. And the only one who can bridge this infinite gap is one who would have to be truly God and truly man. Man to reverse man's disobedience, God so as to bridge that infinite gap. And so this person we call Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ. Now if we think about it, God is always with his people Israel. It's not as if God's unfleshly presence is not there with Israel throughout salvation history. Yet still, those who are in Israel don't experience what we call a beatific vision. They don't experience God himself whenever they die. And so then the instrument, the bridge, so to speak, that crosses the infinite gap, that allows us to be in the presence of God, is Jesus' flesh. 
is Jesus' body, his body, blood, and his soul. That is what helps us to bridge that infinite gap. So that whenever Jesus comes, um, you know, in 2,000 years ago, but then ascends into heaven, would it make sense for God to remove that bridge? To say, during this time only, are you going to be able to cross this bridge? And then ever since Jesus ascended, he takes the bridge with him. He takes his flesh with him. He takes his body and leaves it in heaven. And the answer is no. Of course he would will salvation to his church after he ascends into heaven. That he would still give us his flesh. That instrument, that bridge to be able to go to God the Father. This is why we hear in John 6, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life with him. And that Christ, not pressing the delete, but pressing the complete button, would not only give his body so as to be touched, as the Apostle Thomas would have touched Jesus' side at the resurrection, but with a specific organ of the body by which not only touch happens, but taste happens with the tongue. And then assimilation. That in touching Christ, we now become a part of Christ's body. That in him living in us, we begin to live a little bit more in him. Now, the question then comes... Well, why would God make it so hard to believe? You know, as we look at the statistics, about 70% of Catholics think that the church teaches that, I mean, that the church does not teach that Christ is present under the appearance of bread and wine. That the church basically teaches that this is a symbol. 70% think that this is what the church teaches. Who knows what the numbers are that actually believe that Christ is present under the Eucharistic species. Why would God make it so difficult? Why wouldn't he make it more abundant? Well, we think about it. Whenever God takes on flesh in in Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry, it's not like he made it much more obvious. In fact, you could say that probably less, much less than 30% believed in his divinity or believed that he claimed to be divine. Some obviously did, because this is what led to his crucifixion. He was killed on account of blasphemy, that he claimed to be the Son of God, but not enough believed it, or else he would not have been crucified. It's not as if during Jesus' earthly life, while he took on human flesh and made himself, uh, you know, just appear as as he was a carpenter's son just an ordinary resident of Galilee that his presence was or his divine presence was obvious or that it was much easier to believe in him and so it would make sense then so as to bring faith out of us that Christ would again appear hidden that Christ would again appear hidden in a way that would bring about faith. And so in bringing about this faith, 
that he would want us to be attracted to him, to keep our dignity intact. God acts differently with different kinds of creatures. With low creatures, he just says, this is how it's going to be. You know, when God's creating the heavens and the earth, it's not as if the earth is going to say, ah, you know what, I'm not going to show up today. You know, like, the earth is just going to be created, right? The heavens are going to not say like, ah, you know what, I'm not going to rain today. It's like, no, you, you can do what I said, you know? But with higher beings such as the angels and man, God works through the power of attraction. He humbly attracts us, but he does not completely reveal himself in a glorified way. And here is why. If I came up or any other priest came up to the altar and grabbed bread and said, this is my body which will be given up for you. And everyone looks up and there is Jesus standing on the altar, glorified, ascended, resurrected. This would in fact be the definition of the second coming. This would be Christ coming again in glory as he says that he would. And Christ coming again in glory comes in judgment. He does not come in mercy. He comes in judgment. He makes himself immediately apparent in his full divinity in the same way that the angels immediately perceived God at the beginning of time. Which is why the demons have no hope of forgiveness. Because they know God fully and still fully choose to disobey him. That during this time of mercy, God mercifully hides himself under the appearance of bread and wine to begin to live within us Eucharistically so that at the end of time, as we talk about the purpose of Advent, we can be prepared for his second coming when he comes clearly, not under the appearance of bread and wine, but in his uh, divine and glorified body that is clearly perceived through human eyes. And so, in conclusion, why would it make sense that Jesus desires to become present in the Eucharist? How is an apologetic and a catechetical question? That's something for a different day. But why? Why is it fitting that God would want to bridge the infinite gap for us and he bridges the infinite gap for us so that we can be with him, not just simply through his divinity, but through his flesh. Through his flesh. It is Jesus of Nazareth who bridged the infinite gap. And he wants you and me to receive that bridge, to receive his flesh. So that Jesus could elicit from us faith that he could attract us, that he could elicit from us the same faith that those believers had whenever he walked the earth under a hidden presence that is not obvious to all. That Christ could allow us mercy and preparation for his second coming during this time. And then lastly, that Christ could dwell with us as friends because this is the special nature of friendship. That we dwell with those who we love 
until we have reached our final destination.